Hello, hello and welcome to another episode of Putting It Together. How are you? Welcome along. Have a wee seat. Relax yourself. My guest today is Danielle Jam. What a wonderful conversation I had with her. Um, As ever, well not as ever, but as often, we have not met and... uh, Despite that, we got on that house on fire. Great fun. Um, what a wonderful spirit, you know. It's nice. You'll enjoy listening to her. And she's the star of BBC's, uh, well, CBB's Molly and Mac. And uh, she tells a wee bit about the process for that, which is dead exciting. And also just her, her studying and life and routine and all the interesting stuff we like to get into. It's a joy to speak to Danielle. So now, if you would like to support the show, as many people already are doing, then you can go to puttingittogethercast.com and look for the yellow donate button. That takes you to PayPal. Now, you can make a one-off donation or you can make a regular donation, whatever suits you. If you have an income that's been unaffected by the current crisis, then you are in the camp of people that I'm talking to. If you've got a wee bit of spare cash and you'd like to support the show, it would be so much appreciated. It doesn't cost you much, but it does make a huge difference. Some people are already doing that and I'm so thankful to you. I'm making this show part of my income now and it's slowly starting to happen. Very slow and subtle, but it's starting to happen. I've been doing the show for two and a half years now um, and there's been an episode every single week in that time. Actually, I missed one week because I was sick. I don't know if you remember this. Um, Way, way, way back, I missed a week. And other than that, there's been an episode every single week for the past two and a half years. And it's all been completely for free. So I hope you'll appreciate that. I'm trying now to make it part of my regular income, particularly with the current climate. So have a wee think about that. If it's something you can afford to do, it would be so much appreciated. Thanks ever so much. Now, if you're not already following us on social media, you can do that. Um, Twitter and Instagram, you go to pitccpod. And on Facebook, you just search for putting it together. So join the legions of fans over there and uh, keep up to date with what's happening. So I hope you're well this week. I hope things are going well. I know that things are starting to ease in many ways and it seems like we in Scotland are doing quite well with it. Um, And I'm enjoying being able to see the odd person now and again. I must tell you, I mean, it, it does make you so grateful, doesn't it? To be able to see one or two people makes you so grateful when you haven't seen people for so long. It's a joy. So that's been good. I've been out and about in the West End a little bit, just trying to be careful as well, but wandering about and there are plenty of places now where you can get a wee takeaway coffee, things like that, which is, you know, which we took for granted for so long, but it's so nice to be able to do that again. Um, so I've been enjoying that and I've been just doing my usual reading and, and working on some music now. I've, I've got a, an album that I'm putting together for Irish dance practice. Um, I've been kind of cooking the idea for for a wee while, um, something I've always wanted to do. I've done some, you know, with other people, but I'm going to do one on my own now. And I've been writing music for it, so it's going to be all original. Um, and I think, I think out of 24, no, that's not right, 24? Yeah, something like 24 tunes that I would need for it. Um, I've written about 19 or 20. So I'm pretty close to having the material ready, and then it's just a case of practising it. Um, and then getting the tracks together and, and recording it. So I've got a, a great friend of mine who's going to engineer it for me and produce it and everything, um, knows his stuff. So it's up to me to, to write the material and to get to know it really well and then be ready to record it. So I've been doing that and um, I've been working in the studio a lot, which has been great because I I now have... Um, I have better internet in the studio now because I've moved things around. I can't remember if I told you, but it's very boring. But anyways, I've got a really good internet connection in my studio, which has made such a difference. It's made me want to be in here. Everything's properly wired up. And, you know, every every week I kind of 
add to it slightly and, and change things around and make it more and more kind of workable. So it's very workable at the moment to the point where I'm just hanging out in here. Um, not deliberately coming to work, but then what happens is just by virtue of me being in here, the piano is at one side of me, I've got the mixer and you know the laptop's in front of me and I'm just kind of ready to go if I ever want to do a bit of work. So I have all the windows open in front of me about the album and then the podcast and I'm just kind of... I can jump between things and it's really, it's helping, it's putting me in a good flow. So that's a great joy. Uh, excuse me. I'm leaving that in. Don't even care. See that? Fast and loose. You know why? Because it's my birthday. That's right. Wednesday the 15th of July. It's my birthday. So I'm just going to leave in the yawns. Um, yes. So I hope you're doing well. Um, I'm sure that many of you are, are going back to some things, but I suppose if you're like me, if you're in the arts and um, then you've, you're still waiting, um, but I know some people are doing some bits and bobs, and um, let me know what that is, I'd love to know, because I'm, you know, I'm fascinated as to how people are coping in this time. Talk to Danielle about that on the show as well, her routine, um, sort of spiritual aspect to her life, and um, kind of mindfulness as well, um, and a wee bit about work, and, and the processes of work, and all the rest of it, casting, and everything else that we usually talk about, so it's a joy. So I think it's about time I brought you that interview. Uh, it's me and it's Danielle Jam and we are putting it together. So how's your lockdown going? Yeah, it's going fine. I feel like it's sort of coming out of the end of it now. So part of me feels like it's gone on like forever and ever and ever because it all just sort of feels like the same day but then yeah. the other part of me because we haven't really done that much feels like yeah. it's just it's squashed into the same day like I, I don't know how to explain it but um it does not feel like it's July that's I can't for believe sure. it's July I mean but yeah it's like one big long really boring strange day I know like what have I actually done with my life like this whole year like I, I don't I know. know if I could tell you like three things to be honest <laughs> were you were you working when this kicked off um i had started one day of a development um piece and then that night about like midnight we got a text saying that the rest of the week was completely cancelled um <sighs> so i just like sat and cried and was really upset because i didn't realize like how serious it was and i think a lot of people probably feel the same but I thought, right, it's going to be fine. Like, we'll just, you know, we'll be hygienic. We'll be clean. You know, this was like mid-March. And yes. then when that project got cancelled, it was like, okay, this is serious. Like, this is actually like, yeah, it's a lot more dangerous than I realised. And then I was meant to be filming um, the CBB show Molly and Mac that I've been going back to the past few summers. And mm -hmm. yeah, that's obviously been postponed till hopefully the end of the year. I think we're actually finding out today if oh, right. we can go ahead or not so i might have a wee, um email notification at some point oh wow fingers crossed then i know fingers crossed that's a great gig to have and with great people as well yeah i know they're they're fantastic it's so good to um be able to go into that project like pretty much straight out of uni with um like maureen carr and alison peebles and james mckenzie just basically taking me under their wing <laughs> i felt like yeah. it was an extra um time to train especially in screen because there's so much that you can do like there's only so much you can do when you're at uni 
and then you just have to go and actually do it especially when it comes to tv like you just have yeah. to learn as you go it's the only way isn't it i think it's it's the main thing with everything you do is so much preparation and you just have to do it yeah i know so wh- where did you study i studied at queen margaret university in edinburgh ah, right. so it was a joint course okay. with napier as well so we like went back and forth and had like two student numbers two student email addresses two like it was a whole thing but um yeah we got used to it how about this when i went to uni if you wanted to check your student email you had to go to a wee kiosk there were four computers at each kiosk are you joking like (laughs) barely even a computer just like all you could really see was a little monitor and a tiny keyboard that was like nailed to the desk that's actually heartbreaking (laughs) yeah it was very sad and initially they didn't have even internet access on it was just the email so you could access your student email and then eventually you could go like and get on the browser and we used to go and check our Bebo pages yeah oh I remember having Bebo oh my god you have a Bebo yeah I did have a Bebo I think (laughs) yeah when I was like 13 and I had um like Paramore and everything like down the side and it was like a proper like emo page (laughs) (laughs) so you grew up in Aberdeen yeah yeah, I grew up in Aberdeen, um, like basically my whole life, and now I live in Glasgow in Southside. Yes. Everyone's in the Southside. Not me, but I mean, most people I speak to seems to be the place. Yeah. What, what part of the Southside are you in? Um, Newland, so like just below Shawlands. Ah, nice. Yeah. So ev- no, we were the same. Like everybody that we spoke to when we were looking to find a place down here, we're like, "Come to the Southside. Southside's it." Like, and we're like, "Okay, yeah. okay, okay." So there was like so much pressure. Like, if we went anywhere else, we felt like we were gonna get judged so hard. But yeah, absolutely. we're here now. So. <laughs> so what was it like growing up in Aberdeen? Did you experience arts and things like that when you were growing up? Um. Yeah, actually, there's quite a few Amdram uh, groups in Aberdeen that are really like high quality and are really like amazing that I had a chance to be part of um, like AYMT. Um, I don't know like if like I know you had you and Summers on before, like he was in mm-hmm. that as well. So um, there was like quite a few of us that passed through that and then went on to like study acting or like something else in theatre and um that, yeah. was, that was really great so I had um, a couple of drama groups that I was in and Miss um, Majesty's Theatre my grandma would take me there like every other week to go see a play or a musical so oh, yeah really? like I did yeah I had um, quite a lot but there was not really anywhere to make a career out of it like I don't really know any actors that still live in Aberdeen um, yeah and like are a working. scene where you could work there yeah there's not really an much of an industry up there (laughs) but that's true of of i think most scottish cities other than glasgow and edinburgh i don't think people generally live there and keep working locally no unless you're in dundee i suppose if you're well dundee of course yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. um so what what things do you remember seeing at his majesty's they get kind of the big number one tours don't they yeah they do it's like a lot of the commercial stuff but um, I remember seeing Jane Eyre that was oh. um, with, I think that actually got shown as part of the National Theatre at home, um, but I like, yeah. just missed it. But that was the last thing I saw before I went to uni and I saw all kinds of musicals, Chicago and Rent and, yeah. um, you know, all that stuff. Saw he, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, oh. Yeah, it was all like big, like, full uk tours i'd go see and my grandma's the kind of person that just appreciates anything that she goes to see like she doesn't even if it's not a cup of tea like she just loves theater so much so i think that's kind of where i got it from because my parents are just not um 
theater people by any oh, means. Right. Um, like they'll come and see me, and that's about it. Or the Bodyguard, which is my mom's favorite. But uh, <laughs> what the musical? Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> right, music- okay. Well, the film, the film. So Initial, yeah. I was like, oh, the theater. Go to the theater because the Bodyguard. And uh, she went. And she enjoyed it. So that's be like trying to get them into theater because they're just like. Yeah, I'm a bit the same. I keep buying my parents' theatre tickets at Christmas, but I'm yeah. always trying to pick something like that I'll enjoy, but that they'll enjoy, and that's quite a, a slim kind of crossover, do you know? Yeah, yeah. So they're not like in theatre like whatsoever, then. Eh? No, not really. I mean, my dad's a musician, um, and he taught me music and stuff, and we still oh, play cool. music together. But um, and he loves like he talks about every time he likes a theatre production, he said, "You just have to get into it. You just have to shut everything else off and just." You know, and he's talking about investing in, you know, characters and, you know, forgetting about the fourth wall and stuff uh-huh, uh-huh. and just going, I'm in this now, you know, in the same way you would immerse yourself if you're watching a film or something. But when he gets into it, he loves it and he raves about it. He'll oh, go back good. and see the same thing yeah. over and over again. So did your, was your grandma involved in any art stuff as a or job or anything? No, they, um, she just kind of always done odd jobs like in life, like she's not, but I think that she always, she always says that she wishes. She wishes that she was in theatre and that she could be oh. an actress and all the rest of it. So um, yeah. she's very supportive in me kind of um, doing that now. And I look yeah. a lot like her as well. So um, you Do know, you? I just let her know that I'll get like all my looks from her and like all my talent from her and all the rest of it. Because I don't like, as I say, my parents are like just have nothing to do with performance whatsoever so um just give it all to her give all the credit to her yeah absolutely no she yeah she loves it she's she's always excited to come see something and yeah i think she's missing it so much as well because she's living by herself um so she's isolated but yeah yeah so i just i can't imagine that i think i would go crazy if i didn't have like somebody and i know that you've got um What's your dog called? Millie. Millie, yes. You have her, <laughs> so like that's that's even that's like just brilliant. It's but... something, yeah. She lives up with my parents most of the time, but oh, they she? only live two miles from me and I've been I mean, luckily at the beginning of the lockdown the weather was decent, so I was in their garden a bit. Uh-huh. And now that it's it's a bit hit and miss, but we're we're kind of in a bubble, so I'm going back and forth and yeah. Because oh, my parents have a wee dog as well, so the the two dogs are happier together. And Millie doesn't see very well anymore, so she gets a bit disorientated oh. if she comes away from her usual environment. So yeah. poor, poor wee thing. Yeah, she's an older dog, is she? Yeah, she, she's fifteen now. Oh, that's yeah. so sweet. I think we'll probably get a dog at some point. Like I always knew that um, signing up to be in in a relationship with my boyfriend was gonna involve having at least like three dogs. So <laughs> okay, he's just, a dog uh, person. He is a dog person, but funny enough, he never really grew up with them um, dogs. Like they always had cats, um, like ah. the opposite way around. But I never grew up with pets, like period. So I, I don't even know what that would be like. It would be a, just a totally different chapter. Oh, you'd love that. See, I, we never had any dogs or cats when I was growing up, and then as soon as we were able to, me and my ex got a dog, and it was just like they, they all said we were mad. Like my parents were like, "What have you done? This is crazy!" And then of course they just fell in love with Millie because. Who wouldn't? Oh, of I mean, course. they're only human, right? That's always the case, isn't it? Like, it's the person, the people that um, are least excited to have the pet, and then they're yeah, the ones exactly. that are like up at five a.m. Like, right, we'll get you scrubbed, get you. <laughs> I know, I know. And and your man was uh, up out of his bed today to help you with your technical. I know. Uh, <laughs> mess ups, good on him. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I warned him that I probably would mess something up, so um, <laughs> he was ready. Like, to be fair, like I didn't go in and like shake him awake or anything. Like, he was already like pretty much was, awake okay um, close to the surface yeah that's it was just okay. that sort of thing where you're not um 
totally aware of anything that's going on so just took a one or two things one or two seconds to just explain everything before he was like ah <laughs> microphone computer okay yes. i can go now you know does he is he involved in technical stuff then um no like he's a he's a big gamer so i guess um oh, that yeah, helps okay. a lot but um he's an actor as well like we're both on the same course at uni so that's how we met each other all um, oh, right okay yeah so what was that course like yeah, it was good. So um, it was called Acting for Stage and Screen. So we got like an equal amount of, um, you know, screen classes as well as stage classes, which mm-hmm. um, I was really, um, really enjoyed. Um, and the other good thing was that because it was split between two universities, um, obviously they both have different uh, ways of teaching and Mm. ideals and sometimes they would um, contradict one another but it meant that we got sort of both sides of um, how you could go and there was a lot of freedom to I guess just yeah explore um, and met so many amazing people as well so yeah it's a good course but it's not running anymore the funding's been cut so oh, that really? was the the last year of it last year right okay and yeah. is there anyone else that that's going about the industry just now that came out of the course with you um there's a couple people that are making their own work um mm-hmm. there's a great actress maddie mccall who's got her own theater company um um what's it called show on the road i think and she just um got i think it's commissioned from stellar quines to write her own uh like spoken words like one woman play like she's like heavy into like spoken word and poetry and everything and um she's trying to write stuff for like younger audiences and things so Mm -hmm. um but we the the course had a section that was about like making your own work and at the end of her course like we took a show to the fringe and we would either like write that ourselves or we'd get a different play and we did the whole business side of having a company and oh. all the maths and numbers that still terrify me to today um and we, yeah we, we put something on at the fringe and and yeah that kind of wrapped up the course for us so um right, yeah okay. like it was good because they taught us how to be an actor like rather than just how to act um yeah i see i see so it wasn't like we were just kind of thrown out and then we're like oh god what do i do but um yeah well i felt like we were all pretty equipped with okay like i know when i'm not going to be in work i can be doing this this and this and yeah i think for me anyway it was a lot less um scary yeah Yeah. that's tremendous because i think a lot of people i speak to kind of say or imply that they didn't get that and that they you know they came out and they knew how to act but the rest of it was a surprise like oh wait what i have to sit around and you know i'm not working or i have to do all these other things or whatever i mean you learned that the very big lesson which is you don't make money at the fringe i'm sure <laughs> no we a weren't vital doing lesson. it we weren't doing it for money we were doing it we were um raising money doing it for, for the, the love of the and, art oh, yeah. Right, okay, sorry. yeah yeah that was Good. basically it but no i do i do hear that from some people that yeah, they feel like they were kind of thrown out, and then I was like, "Okay, bye, go fend for yourselves." Like, yeah, totally, and, yeah. Yeah. So that and that element of of making your own stuff, that sort of contemporary end of it, is great. I mean, I did mostly that, but was there a was the other end of the scale quite present as well? The classical, like the Elizabethan texts and things like that. Yeah, um, we had um, in third year our like Shakespeare and like Restoration Greek, all that um, module. Um, the whole bit yeah yeah well that went really deep with that and it was like i really 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 enjoyed it um 
and yeah our last our final year production was the government inspector so that oh, was right. all like rp and like farcical and over the top and yeah that was that was just fantastic too like i'm really really into that i'd love to do more um classical work see i think when i was studying i don't think i was ready for it i was it still felt like a bit stuffy and boring maybe it was the way it was presented oh really yeah. even when i went to see the stuff that the other course you know because i was on the contemporary theater course and there was oh, an acting course uh-huh. and um we'd go and see their stuff and i was always kind of like oh, the old kind of stuffy boring you know i just i just wasn't in that place and now i kind of wish i could go back and revisit it all because i definitely always get excited about it now yeah that's so good do you feel like um because you'd go see it like because it's classical it kind of is a bit more traditional in comparison yeah. to your course that was obviously contemporary yeah i well it, yeah completely the other end of the scale in terms of timeline and and i think also part of our course was t- there was an element of kind of i don't want to say disdain for that stuff but it was kind of like that's not really what we're about yeah so don't get too invested in that and i think there's a lot to be learned actually it, it would have been better if it was more um, an openness and appreciation for other stuff rather than closing down and going no we're doing this and only this you know yeah yeah no i guess so but uh, who knows i mean also i feel like we're very young when we go and do these things i mean i was 18 when i went to uni and when i look back now Mm -hmm. you just think like i was just a kid i didn't know anything i know (laughs) we're so um i feel like we're trained to be so critical of work and like we just forget to enjoy it and i'm trying to find a balance between the two and when like I went to college in Aberdeen first and mm-hmm. we would go see productions and we would have like are we notebooks in the audience like writing down everything and 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 things that we thought were like bad about it and you know yeah. all the rest of that and obviously like that's great for for learning but um I don't know like I feel like it does take a lot of enjoyment out of it and I feel the same when I when I go to the cinema too like I really like actively try not to be critical about something if I like it I like it if I don't I don't um just because I, I just want to enjoy it like I just want to experience it but um my boyfriend is so critical of literally yeah. uh of like cinema and, and and reviews and uh critics and what like everybody else is saying online and I'm like we come out the cinema and I'm like okay don't speak for five minutes <laughs> don't let the debate begin yeah yeah let me enjoy it for five minutes don't say anything let me say all the stuff that about it that i think is amazing and then you can come in with all your rubbish about <laughs> about like that was wrong and that actor was wrong and that was that and then all the rest of it and it's a lot isn't it but we're kind of it's sort of a duty almost that we have to do that like, yeah. like let's get stuck in here you know when you're in a thing and you can hear all the scribbling notebooks you know it's like there's 20 youngsters from a college course and they're all making notes you think oh my god what are they writing about me of course it's about me i oh, know <laughs> actually i haven't had that luckily i haven't been on the other end of that oh well there you go yeah just you wait no i don't actually want to experience no. it but <laughs> it's very strange I, but do you find it's easy to shut them out like if you've done a show like that and you see people like scribbling in a row i don't know i think the older i get the more the more aware I am of audiences, like when I was a lot younger, I just got on with it and they, they were definitely in the dark. But as time goes on, I don't know if they changed the bulbs or something, but I feel like I can see more of them. Oh, really? My mind has changed and it does kind of threaten to wander. Um, I'm very funny about noise. Like if people are 
do you know, taking pictures or clicking or got the phones on and stuff. Mm. I want to be like that guy that goes, stop everything. <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> you know you've kind of got to be Robert De Niro or, you know, or just leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine the amount of power you'd feel to be able to <sighs> actually talk to an audience member <laughs> like that? <laughs> Turn that off. I'm trying to give a performance. Sorry. Hold everything. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I've never, uh, I've never done a show stop personally. No. <laughs> You can't when you're at the back carrying a spear, can you? Stop! <laughs> Who was that? I would love to see that so bad. I would think it was part of the show, though. Like That's what the audience loves, don't they? When they feel like something's not um, meant to be there. It's like panto. You know, when I go and see a panto, I'm always like, oh, that's a funny wee mishap. And then I go, no, it's not. I know. <laughs> that that's happened the best on thing the first preview and they've kept it in, definitely. Yeah. Did you go to the panto at His Majesty's as well? Um, no, I never saw panto, ever. Um, oh. apart from when uh, like school tour came to my primary school in mm-hmm. like primary two or something I saw that um, and then never ever saw pantos like thought I was like above it all and like hated it and thought it was just terrible and not funny <laughs> and right. um, then we had to do um, at uni we had to do a, a workshop on literally anything we wanted and me and my partner picked pantomime and I was like great I literally do not know the first thing about it right, okay um, so I was literally like learning from scratch like okay like that's the dame and then like that's principal mm-hmm. boy and that's that and it was just um yeah it's very new to me and like I did um pantomime last year for the first time at Alhambra and mm-hmm. uh yeah like it was just totally like I like I got it like I like I knew it was all about like shouting out to the audience and the audience shouts back something but like genuinely Brian like I literally didn't have a clue like what was going on. That's hilarious. <laughs> so what happened? Did, was your granny not interested in panto then? Nah, not really. Like nah, we we went to see uh, like Rebecca and the play and uh, Top Hat and <laughs> yeah, Calamity yeah, yeah. Jane and I don't know. I feel like there it's kind of a different sort of world oh yeah definitely but, um, well there's people that go to see you know exclusively opera and they would never go to calamity jane and then there's people that only go to musicals and they would never go to a play you know yeah that's so true like my parents are more along the musical side but yeah like and as i say like my parents would, would just wouldn't take me to the theater in general so um mm-hmm. and they they're not pantomime fans so wow that's so interesting that you you kind of did your first panto job and you're sort of discovering it that was the one Tyler Collins was in that production, no? Yeah, he was. He was. I was so working great. with Tyler that summer, and he was just about to, you know, he had just signed to do that or something. He was telling me who was in it. I was like, that sounds great, you know, Billy Mack and all them. Yeah, no, he was fantastic. I absolutely love Tyler. He was so um, helpful as well because he's just such a big. Um, he's got so much energy. And never stops. It never stops. No, it doesn't. It's like <laughs> it's just like a, a bottomless pit of. Yeah. <laughs> like in the best possible way so no he helped so much um and was really kind and like answered like so many questions and we um like because he was the the baddie and um mm-hmm. i was princess jasmine um and we had like a little um like moment to kind of choreograph together of me trying to like reach the lamp and um he was trying to dance with me and all the rest of it so like we spent a lot of time like working on that and like that was probably the most fun that i'd had um <laughs> That's great. All. yeah and you just get to feel like you can be a kid as well like you can be silly and um 
yeah yeah no, that's what definitely strange. one of the joys of it isn't it because you have if you're not up there having fun it really tells like i've seen pantos where i'm like you are dead inside yeah. and this is not good <laughs> you hate your life yeah i know show 75 i mean i don't i don't blame you but still you gotta pretend i know though and the amount of colds as well that you'd have and like, oh, runny noses grim. and yeah like you'd just forget like what it is to sleep like I, yeah, I, I just like feel kind of healthy and rested you don't get that feeling much although to be fair i'd give anything to do it right now because i would do any show right now just to do something oh tell them about it I, you know i don't think um panels are de- probably definitely not coming back this year then eh? no nah, i don't think so and at the beginning of the year i was like definitely we'll be back on track for panto i think actually i thought we would be back for the fringe you know initially i was like well by the time the fringe comes it'll be grand mm. oh, and then yeah. it gets, keeps pushing back you go mm, no i don't think so i know me too i thought i thought the fringe was a go i was like yep yep it's gonna but then you kind of yeah. have to though you have to you have to be positive about it because were you booked for the fringe no no i wasn't i was uh desperately hoping that i would get something though um yeah of course but no I, I didn't have anything um um sandy was meant to be doing a show that he's been doing the past um, few years but um, obviously that got cancelled too. But he's a lot more of a realist than I am. So he was convinced that it wasn't going to go ahead like uh, in March. And we were arguing about, no, it's definitely happening. And him was like, no, 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 it's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> okay. And obviously he's he was def- right. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was the, on your side. I was going, oh, you're all making a big fuss over nothing. I'll see you at the fringe kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, see you at the fringe. <laughs> see you there. But then, of course, you see what happens. Um, so you you said that Molly and Mac was pretty much straight out of uni for you. That's amazing. How did it come about? Yeah, uh, so I had an audition for it. Um, I got an agent um, just before uni ended. And yeah, they put me forward for it. Uh, met Orla O'Connor, um, mm-hmm. who was really lovely. And literally the week later, I handed in my final um, like assignment, which was just like a wee evaluation um, essay. Um, mm-hmm. submitted that and then got the call that I was going to be Daisy the vet on Molly and Mac so it was yeah really cool and I can't remember like there wasn't really that much time between finishing uni and um, starting that but like it was pretty much the whole of summer so um, wow yeah so it wasn't was just me. a pilot at the time they had commissioned a whole series yeah commissioned the whole series I think they had um, been working on it like the year before um, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they did a pilot the year before but yeah, no, right. yeah, it was fully commissioned for the first CDs and then we did that and got really well uh, received and then got commissioned for another season and then halfway through filming the second season last year we got commissioned for two more seasons. So, yeah, like it's been received so, 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 so well from yeah. um, families and because it's all like completely Scottish too, like it's a totally Scottish cast. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's not really that much out there for, um, yeah, for children's TV that's totally scotch apart from like katie morag and um yeah balamori all, all that time going ago, back so. and i suppose it's like today's answer to a balamori isn't it really yeah yeah we have had like one or two comparisons to that which like makes my childhood heart so happy to hear oh. <laughs> so were you was balamori on when you were a little kid yeah yeah it was oh gosh you are a good bit younger than me then aren't you nah, just, just a wee bit Don't have to talk about i watched that. um play days <laughs> mm, okay <laughs> did you ever see that no no sorry all right okay it was a it was a program where um, there was a bus in the opening sequence and the bus would stop at a certain stop and depending on which stop it went to that was what the kind of um, theme or style of the show was going to be that day and there were sort of I think there were five stops it was probably you know one corresponded to each day of the week but at the time it felt like random 
and you would hope that they would I would hope they would go to the tent stop because the tent stop made it, they were going to make up a theatre production oh really yeah so go That's to the tent great. stop and they would be inside this big circus tent and they'd be like today we're going to tell the story of such and such and then they would kind of act it out and they would all try on different wigs and props and um, there was a different stop called the 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 Y the Y stop I think and it was the Y bird and uh-huh. it was this puppet parrot puppet thing and it would like help you with spelling or something i can't remember but the tent stop was amazing i was you know as a kid anything that had a theater in it where they were doing a show putting on a show loved it yeah i know i'm i'm a fan i'm a fan of the show so i've like heard all about your childhood um like adventures creating theater for people in your like <laughs> attic or your loft or whatever yeah. <laughs> i was up in the loft the other day my mother every time i go around to the house my mother says how are we going to um we need to sort that loft out which means get your arse up there and sort that loft out oh. it's all my stuff there's two drum kits up there and a whole tiny theatre that I probably couldn't even fit in anymore and just bang my head. <laughs> but I keep thinking, I need to do something with it, you know? Yeah, make a wee theater, socially distanced um, theatre space. Yeah, for... maybe like try and build it up in the garden or something so people could see it. I still got all the scenery. I painted like um, canvas cloths that would, that would run across on little curtain rails, you know? That is dedication. Yeah, oh, it was up there just all my spare time. When I was definitely supposed to be doing homework, I was up there hanging curtains and writing scripts. and They just keep showing up, these little scripts that I wrote. Terrible, terrible stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like page three, end of act one. I'm like, wow. <laughs> it all happened pretty quickly in those days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it got to the point then moved on. Like everybody Just get straight to it. Don't mess about it. Especially because it wasn't comfortable up there for the audience. Yeah, So course. they were quite happy that the show lasted 12 minutes, I think. Yeah, I've got to think about the practicalities. Like shows yeah, that you're exactly. catering for your target audience and all the rest of it. That's, See, um, I knew I had your support, Danielle. Yeah, I mean, so I'd love you. to be that kid. Like, I would, I would have loved to have friends <laughs> that I was writing plays with and all the rest of it. So, yeah. did you know that then that that was what you wanted to do then when you were a kid, or was it just like faffing about it that it felt like? No, or? it wasn't. It's it was a bit of both. It was a case of like I didn't. Hmm, I didn't know that I wanted to do it as a job, but I never thought about what I wanted to do as a job. Like, I just knew I wanted to keep doing that all the time. I knew that that was all I cared about. Yeah. I never thought, like, how will I get a career or... I just assumed that I would always do that yeah. in some way or another. I would always be making up shows in some sense. Yeah. Um, I didn't think about the progression of it, but I certainly never thought about doing anything else. Apart from Undertaker, at one time there was a phase I went through where I thought I would like to be a funeral director. Oh, um, I watched the show Six Feet Under, which I think maybe started me off. It was an HBO drama um, set in a funeral home. Amazing telly. And uh, Michael C. Hall, who played Dexter, was in it. Okay. And Francis Conroy, like, amazing cast. Anyways, I watched that when I was about 16, and that, that really st- started this thing in my head. Maybe I could be an undertaker. Ah. And my mum pointed out to me that actually it was the same thing, because really I wanted to just put on a show. I wanted to, like, dress up and top hat and tails (laughs) i like the idea of the theater of it do you know it turned out to be the same thing yeah it all came back to the stage basically it all comes around to the same thing and it still does i'm still making up i mean i used to do radio shows when i was a kid on tapes and now i'm just doing the same thing yeah but now you're getting money from it so oh yeah by raking it in mate yeah you know (laughs) drowning in it oh it's terrible i'm thinking of stopping it's too much um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with regard to the casting of molly and mac i'm interested in, i'm asking a lot of people this at the moment was there a mention of race in that casting breakdown for me uh, oh for the general casting breakdown we're interested in seeing um 
any ethnicity, um, ability, like disability, um, okay. all that, like sexuality, gender, all the rest of it. So, um, yeah, that so it was, was more just general and open, genuinely yeah, open. There, it right. wasn't like specific. Like we are looking for this character to be this, this character to be that. Um, okay. And then when I went, um, everybody that was um, in the sort of waiting room were also like mixed or brown and um yep. i thought okay like they're probably looking specifically for yeah for some for this who's... character to be mixed race or something yeah 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 right but um right. no there wasn't like like we're specifically looking for somebody with your look for like my sure. role um, okay and how, how much do you feel that your race uh, has has been has impacted on what you've been doing and your your training and your career so far uh yeah i actually feel like this is the time for me yeah and i don't know if i can say that uh if, if that but when my agent um he came to uni and gave us a wee talk i asked him a question and he was like oh like he he saw like i've got like a massive afro so he's like okay you're interesting um you're interesting <laughs> you know that yeah and God, know. you know i'm gonna use that to my advantage and um yep. yeah i just I feel like like I've had a lot of breakdowns um, recently, like well pre COVID, that were we're looking for, um, particularly minority ethnic groups. Um, yeah. So yeah, I feel like yeah, it's my time. Like I say, like it's it's um, it's been yeah, it's sort of been to my advantage in some sure. ways. Um, but then in other ways, there's not really been a lot that I've been put up for like the main character for um, yeah it's sort of been yeah side side, side kicky or yeah. best pal or that type of thing yeah um okay but like i did i was uh hermia and midsummer night's dream last year um yeah and that and you know i guess th- that counts but uh yeah was i think that the for, aberdeen production yeah it was it was it was 10 with yeah. 10 feet tall if you know cameron my way um yes i do yeah yeah it was with them that was fun somebody else i know was in that um ross allen no, there's another, there's another guy that I know. Uh, Christian Ortega was in it as well? Yes, yes, I remember Christian was in it. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and you and Petrie as well, don't know if you know. Yes, him. I know you. And, yep, yep, yep. Actually, we shared a dressing room at the Fringe. Oh, did you? Same venue, yeah. He was doing um, that Robert Burns musical. Oh, yeah. I once shared a dressing room with Les Dennis at the Fringe. And, oh, did um, you? How was, what was that like? <laughs> it was just like the same room. It was, curtain, you know, different curtains to demark different parts of the dressing room so it wasn't mm-hmm. do you know what i mean it wasn't really a dressing room but yeah it was in the assembly rooms and it was one of the upstairs rooms but um i used to say chat away to him in the morning how are you getting on and all the rest of it and then what i heard was that he was chatting away to me and then he would go down to get ready on his show went up a little bit before hours mm-hmm. and then i would start warming up on the accordion so i'd be in the dressing room playing away and apparently he's chatting away to me dead friendly and then he's down in the venue going, by the way, who's playing that fucking accordion every day? It's driving me crazy. But he didn't know that it was me because whenever I first came in, the accordion was in the cupboard. So we had this kind of strange double relationship. Dressing room pals and then I was the bane of his life, but he didn't know that we were the same person. Oh no! <laughs> Did he ever find out it was you? No, as far as I know, we never put the two together. And I didn't know till later that he had been like raging that this noise was happening. <laughs> So you know when it all comes together later on, I was like, oh, that was Len. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's probably better that like you didn't realize like how pissed off he was until later on because like oh, if definitely. I knew at the time. I'm such a people pleaser. I would be like, okay, I'll just never warm up. Fine. 
you know what I mean? I'll just make sure everyone's okay and I won't do whatever I need to do. That's yeah. how I work. Yeah, no, that I feel I, I definitely feel the same. I, I, I get that kind of insecurity when I'm practicing like singing or I'm warming mm-hmm. up for before an audition. But in the flat first or, or um, when I was at home in Aberdeen, I was like, I can't I can't do any warm ups in my room because as soon as I come down, my parents are going to look at me and be like, a and just like make fun of me. Yep. So I'll be like, okay, fine, I won't, I won't do a single thing. I'll just ruin my voice i know i'm supremely self-conscious still about all that stuff you know yeah. like I, I i live in a flat and i've got a neighbor upstairs and i'm like i like to sing and i like to play and stuff but i'm like every time i make a mistake i'm like oh she's heard that yeah <laughs> I, know, oh, I know bless <laughs> and i've been having um some online uh video lessons and mm-hmm. uh like they've been fab but i put my laptop in front of the window so i'm singing out onto the street and literally everyone can see me <laughs> um, everyone at, like watches me as well and I don't know if they can hear me I think they can but there's always um, a wee family like right across from us and the kids are like just <laughs> just like hands like press the window like looking up and there's that you know, lady again I know I just think like you're welcome like <laughs> it's a free show mate there's yeah. people paying money for that stuff absolutely you don't you don't know, know who I am like no, no that's not <laughs> they'll me. know eventually know. do you know who I think I am I know. so are you are you receiving lessons on singing then are you giving lessons no receiving all oh, uh, right okay so do you did you sing at college and stuff um i did a straight acting course at college and straight acting at uni so there was like never any singing involved like whatsoever ah. but growing up um in the drama groups i was involved in it was all musical theater so right. um i've had like that experience and uh yeah like it was all musical theater so i've like there's a there's a part of me that is um like really loves that and really loves singing and dancing and everything too but i'm not like formally trained in dancing or um i used to have singing lessons too like and that was to help me with the like drama groups um yeah i mean i'm kind of the same it's like a lot of it wasn't in the curriculum but i was always kind of doing it like all through uni i was always still singing and playing music but none of it was in the in the lessons you know Mm -hmm. you just try and keep it going i suppose so have you had many auditions where you have to sing yeah actually i've had a few um i'm trying to think yeah so i was um i was on the graduate course at dundee rep and we did um the snow queen um a couple of years ago and that was all that was a musical so yeah i had to i had to sing well, you for were that. On that graduate course i didn't realize that yeah i just did the christmas show because they had five graduates that year usually they take oh, two that, yeah yeah mm-hmm. so i think they kind of just like wedged me in which um i will eternally be grateful for because if they didn't do that then obviously wouldn't have yeah. got the chance to work there um but yeah there was five of us um yeah and we and we did and it was noisemaker of course yeah, yeah the snow queen Scott and that, so. so yeah so i did a bit of singing for that but i have um like the one song that i use for every single audition and that's fine because every time i've had to, <laughs> to use it i haven't done it before for that person so like it's new right. to them you know as long as it's new to them yeah so i was going to ask you actually what song so what is the song it's one and only by adele Oh, okay. I just revealed my secret now. I'm gonna to have to think of a different song. Oh, big industry tip there. I know. <laughs> Everyone will be doing that now. That'll be all the rage. I know. No, that's my song, by the way. Like nobody feels that. <laughs> no one touch it. Yeah. Do you ever have you ever been to any auditions where they have you make stuff up? Those are my least favorite. You know, say improvise a little bit. What for singing? No, just like anything. You know, like say we're gonna improvise a wee scene or any of that kind of stuff. I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did actually. Um, 
I had to do an audition for a pilot and it was like all improv and mm. um, I could you not, Brian, it was the single worst audition of my entire life. Um, See what I mean? That is the worst when you have to make stuff up. It's weird. I know. It just, it puts you in like a place of vulnerability that you weren't, that I feel like I, I just wasn't signing up for. <laughs> yeah, so, totally. Yeah, but it was, it was, um, like it was fine. Like it was a really comfortable room and yeah. like they were really encouraging and it wasn't as if I was just chatting and chatting and chatting. Like they were like, you know, they would ask you a question and then you'd go forward and like I got to the pilot, but um, yeah, it was like the worst acting I've ever done in my life. And then I got cut from the pilot. So that just confirmed that cut. it was the worst. <laughs> Was it was it an improvised show though? Yeah, it was. Oh, okay. Anyone's well, worst nightmare. I mean, oh no. Unless you're amazing at it, obviously. Was it f- supposed to be funny? Yeah. Oh, terrifying And I feel stuff. like I don't know if that was made it worse or better, or if that if that made it harder or easier. Yeah, I know what you mean. But so much pressure, and basically they put a camera in the middle of us, and we were in a big circle, and they just like panned to the next person. They were like, "Okay, go." And then you'd have like three minutes oh. and you just had to improvise like something funny about like this character that you'd thought of. And um, I don't know, like I just, I haven't had really any experience with that or or practice with it. So it was really, I just felt like I was thrown in the deep end. And there was another guy that was a bit younger than me that was also awful. And <laughs> we um, ended up working on something together again about a year later. And you were like, oh, do you remember that? that pilot by the way um and he was like i was so bad and i was like yeah me too um and then we both found out we got caught like about the same time and um i don't know like it made me feel better anyway that i had somebody (laughs) you'd probably rather you get caught because then you don't have to see it then (laughs) no i know i don't know how how it would have been if i'd been kept on like i never would have been kept on a million years but i don't don't know what it would have been like it it's terrifying. It. I don't like the person I turn into in audition rooms, though. Sometimes, you know, if I'm re- if I'm nervous, I'll I'll be. It's the people pleasing again. I'm I'm way too agreeable. Do you mm-hmm. know, like anything's fine. Yeah, sure, no problem. Just can you just jump, go up the ladders and jump off and, and land on your coccyx? <laughs> yeah, no, that'll be fine. Absolutely. That's I was, that's what I was hoping to do. That's what I like doing anyway. <laughs> just terrible. That's so good. I know. I um. I think yeah. I guess I feel the same. I uh, obviously like I get quite nervous as everybody does, but um, like it's like you can feel my heart beating. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's really hard to not listen to it. But um, I know I, I I feel the same. I haven't been asked to climb off a ladder and you know land my coccyx or anything like well, that. You know that was that was a, just a crude example. Yeah, I can imagine course. that might have been a commercial casting. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would be absolutely normal for a commercial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I haven't really. I haven't had any. Um, I haven't actually been to a commercial cast. Well, I've been to like one, um, and it was pretty. Oh, they're the worst. Chill. Definitely the worst. Yeah. Oh, I've 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 heard many horror yeah, stories. Yeah, definitely. So, what do you do in your? I was going to say, what do you do in your spare time? Which is a lot of it right now. But you know, in terms of, um, I always think about what do you put in to your mind as you know as an artist. Mm. The stuff that comes out later. You know, what do you read? What do you watch on TV? I'm always interested. Um, I just finished a 21 day meditation course oh did you um, yeah it was called 21 days of abundance and it was Deepak Chopra that was like running it um, oh I know the one I've heard about people doing this yeah 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 so um, a friend had basically reached out it's like yeah you have like a mini 
well it can sometimes be a bit longer but a daily appreciation task um, that mm-hmm. you need a notebook for and then uh, like 10 minute meditation so I literally I just finished that and I tried to do activities that help me be present I guess and I, and I do mm-hmm. yoga as well and it was funny because I was having this conversation with um, Sandy about it and he as I say like he's a huge gamer so he's always got um yeah like he's always got his games and to do in his spare time to just help him like switch off from work or whatever or or, um Dungeons and Dragons he does a lot of that that fuels his creativity um and he was like so what do you what do you actually do though and like I couldn't actually answer like I felt like I like I like I get in this lockdown I've gotten up done yoga meditated um tidied up like Mm -hmm, I like I have I don't I think I've actually done anything else unless i've had maybe like a general self-tape to send and it's really been quite a slowing quite a slowing down um for me which i'm actually quite happy with because like i just want to practice um i don't know yeah i just want to practice like presence in whatever i do and i'm not really bothered what that is but yeah Mm. like i watch watch netflix i watch um yeah what do all that stuff too have a, have a wee glass of wine in the evenings a regular mm-hmm. person you know <laughs> just a normal person who gets yeah. up and meditates in the morning that's yeah. beautiful would you consider yourself to be spiritual then uh yeah definitely i think mm-hmm. um like i was raised catholic so i think i'm always gonna have some sort of um spirituality but mm-hmm. i'm sort of figuring that out for myself like now that i've sort of um left the nest um yeah like if i if i was ever to go back to um, something like that I'd want to do it on my own terms and not just because I feel yeah. like it's something that has been ingrained um, yeah but yeah I'm kind of in the process of finding my own answers and um, that's been really rewarding and fulfilling and exciting yeah and what is your racial background um so I am Nigerian and Scottish and Anglo-Indian bit of French, bit of Portuguese. Oh, <laughs> but, what? Yeah. Um, yeah, but my, my dad's from Nigeria and my mum's Scottish and my, her her mum, my grandma, who takes me to all the shows is uh, Anglo-Indian. So. Right, because I was actually just wondering where the, the Catholic thing came came from. Uh, yeah, it's on my mum's side. Right, right, because I was brought up Catholic too and, we, you know, all our people were from the, well, not, I'm not going to say the north of Ireland because we're in Northern Ireland, but, you know, uh, the Republic of Ireland, but the north of it, if you know uh, what I mean. Yeah, uh, well, I think that um, somebody, I don't know if it's my grandma's dad who actually might have been Irish. Ah. So maybe that. But, yeah. um, but then it's everywhere. I mean, like, there'll be lots of Catholicism or Christianity in Africa. That's a mainly Christian uh, continent, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Like, my, my dad wasn't... Um, brought up christian but yeah when when he met my mom like he was baptized um in his adulthood right he's a convert yeah, yeah convert yeah. That's, that's have you one. been to nigeria yeah i went there when i was four mm-hmm. um and i still remember it as strongly as like any other holiday like i feel like it could have been last year really it made that much of an impact on you yeah definitely because my dad's dad um had 14 children so wow <laughs> yeah 14. most of them were there and my dad has um 10 brothers one passed away last year and three sisters um so i met all of them when i went down and um 
they had like a really big house obviously because 14 children and yep. uh yeah there was there's just so much it was just obviously because it's such a different um place like it's just so different from anything that i've ever experienced being in britain yeah, sure yeah um so yeah like i just i remember being on a beach that was so hot that my feet felt like they were about to fall off and <laughs> yeah. like riding a donkey and having like um different people coming up to you like <laughs> they would like i think we were on the beach and then um, this band like came up to us and started playing music we got up started dancing and then um we like sat back down again and they were like right give us some money then and my dad was oh, like yeah. hey, what so yeah this yeah a lot of very um like ballsy people um just came right, up and yeah. like one one man like grabbed my mum and um was like i will marry this woman and my dad was like, what? <laughs> no, <you won't. laughs> Come on, get away. Like, he like, went and like, slapped his hand. Because like, they, they're just, um, yeah, the way they treat, the the way they, at the time, at the time, it is so, I think it's so different now. My dad's been back like so many times, but this is my experience of it. So, you know, mm-hmm. like that's just my experience. Um, like my mum, because my mum um, has white skin, um, like they call her Oyembo which is just like a white person and uh-huh, yeah. they just i don't know kind of like fetishize that which is a bit messed up but um yeah yeah she de- she just stood out so much and i stood out as well like i'm white like going to nigeria Compared, you know? yeah of course um, wow. so yeah no loads and loads and loads of memories and um, and we were there for like three weeks but yeah i remember it like i think the most out of any holiday which is weird because usually they say that you can't really remember anything before you were five yeah, very little. It was kind of hazy, but it must yeah. have made a massive impact on you. Yeah. No, I'd love to go back, though. Yeah, it'd be nice to even just to get a wee bit of that heat, you know, right now. Oh, my goodness. I know. We have Not had some nice fall, days, though. We've had some, some lovely yeah, days. I've, yeah, it's actually quite nice today. Yeah, the the sun's actually, like, beating my back right now from the window. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to turn around and give them a song in a bit. I know. Oh, it's the it's the back window, actually, so, you know, nobody's oh, that's uh, okay, watching. <laughs> Luckily. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, this has been great. Thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Well, we'll speak soon, I hope, or we'll meet one day. Yeah, I know. That'd be lovely. Oh, I was going to say, um, we have been in the same room together, right? Have um we? When we were at the Dundee Rep, like, 80th anniversary. And oh. I think you had just interviewed Irene, right? And you came into the like we taught bar bit and uh well i like looked at you and you looked at me for literally half a second i was like who are you who's that guy and then (laughs) like i went away went like and then i saw you on Insta, and i was like oh right oh right okay like and it was that thing where i was like i know your face like please do not come up to me because i don't know who you (laughs) are but you did it because it was fine because you obviously looked at me and was like i don't even know who that is so (laughs) well do you know you're lucky because i was wandering around that night that was just an opportunity for me to get guests for the show as all these social events are so i was wondering about you know trying to get everyone signed up yeah Um, that's good no it was such a good night though i I it was great it It was great i just found a video the other day of ewan's um piece that he did i can't i don't know if you remember but he was like giving this sort of speech and then he said and now i'm going to give a list of all the great performances i've given at dundee rep (laughs) and he starts the list and then the curtain falls in front of him oh yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) and for some reason i've got a video of just the last 10 seconds of his speech (laughs) (laughs) it was great that was a great night yeah yeah ewan's so funny he's class Anyway, thank you very much for talking to me. Yeah, thank you. It was so nice to speak to you.
So brilliant to talk to Danielle, having never met her, which is becoming more and more common on the show, <laughs> but just a joy. Um, now, I've got, um, I had a little epistle from uh, a listener. Do you remember that? Do you remember that Ricky Fulton sketch where he did um, the, the Beach Grove Garden? And he said, we've had a letter from the viewer. <laughs> so we've had a letter from the listener. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. Oh, we've had a couple, actually. Yes, we have. Um, here's from our fan Nicholas Stevens down in uh, Leicestershire, I think. Ashby Dolezouche, I can't remember exactly where that is. Hi, Brian. Just caught up with Mark Jerry's podcast, but love your thoughts on the theatre slash COVID situation at the end. We're a couple of weeks ahead of you guys down here in England, and it does feel life is almost back to normal in terms of getting out the house. But all my hobbies are gone for the foreseeable theatre slash concert band. My heart goes out to you all in, with suddenly no income either. Our theatre group is lucky enough to receive a grant from the council to cover venue maintenance, insurance, utility, bills, etc. Or we would have been facing the same bleak future as many pro theatres. Although not relying on the arts for an income, its absence has left such a huge hole. A few of us from our theatre have written and performed our own monologues on YouTube just to say creative and acting. It's a very different experience for all of us. Trying to fit it in with homeschooling the kids is a nightmare. I hope you're doing okay under these circumstances. Keep smiling. Thank you so much, Nicola. Great to hear from you. What a joy. Um, now, I had another one from um, from Cole Stewart, which I don't know. Oh, he must have sent it to my personal account, because we must be following each other. Somewhere here, anyway. Um, here we are. Hey, Brian, hope you're good. Just listened to Ruben's chat. Loved it. Great conversation with some very relevant topics, of course. Also just wanted to say how inspiring it was to hear of an actor who hadn't been to a big flashy drama school, and like me, went to a Glasgow college. I think for a lot of younger actors starting out, it can be frustrating to hear about RCS and RADA, etc. all of the time. Although, of course, it's fantastic to hear about, and they all hold great stories. But I thought it was great to hear him talk about working so much, having just come from college, much like Karen from a few weeks ago. Uh, anyway, hope you're keeping a healthy mind, and thank you for the podcasts. Thank you very much, Cole. It's so nice to hear from you. Um, I think we met a couple of times, actually. We may have met... The Tron Bar or something, um, but it's so great that you're listening to the show, and I always like when people give feedback. Like, tell me actually what you want to hear, and also, yeah, I, that's so cool to hear from from different um, experiences of training, because there are so many different routes, so many different paths up the mountain. I mean, I didn't train as an actor or a musician, um, and those are the things I do most now. So I don't think there's any rules, but um, it's great to hear from you, Cole. Thank you so much. So yes, please write to me. You can do it on Twitter, you can do it on Instagram, whatever you fancy. Remember, we're on Pit CC Pod on both of those platforms. You can look for Putting It Together on Facebook. Uh, or you can email me directly, brian at puttingittogethercast.com. Love to hear from you. Suggestions for people you'd like to hear on the show. Um, and just chat like that. A little bit of feedback, a wee hello, tell me how you're doing. It's great to hear from Nicola as well, from someone who doesn't make a living from the arts, but who relies on it so much for you know for peace of mind for inspiration for for food for the soul um and hearing about the impact that, that the loss of that stuff has had um on all different types of people is just a, a great a great boon for us so yes do get in touch fantastic to hear from you thank you so much and that is about all we've got time for this week so I, i'd like to thank you for listening and for for donations for those of you who've made them and remember you can do that by going to puttingittogethercast.com and looking for the yellow donate button which directs you to paypal it's much appreciated anyone who can make a donation 
So, uh, until next week, when I bring you another interview, perhaps from someone I've never met before, who knows? Um, And remember that in the pipeline, we've got our new series, Exploring Race and the Arts, which is going to be coming to you very soon with me and Colette Dalal Chancho. So, until next week, and until that all starts to happen, I'll just say what I always say. Cheerio now.